Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. Jeremy Rutherford, our Blues insider, standing by. He, of course, from The Athletic, celebrated his 20th wedding anniversary yesterday. Congratulations on that. How'd everything go last night? Thank you, Mr. Carricker. Yeah, it was uh, it was absolutely great. Uh, G and Tony's down on the hill, and uh, Frank Cusimano uh, told the wait staff it was our anniversary, so they brought a piece of uh, cake out, so my wife was happy. And good time, good time. So 20 years. Love it. Congratulations, Congratulations. and uh, Kusa always takes care of us, doesn't he? He's one of the best people in the world. He's great. He is the best. He's the best. All right. So uh, let's start with this before we get to the new Blues assistant coaches. Tell us, and I think I recall, tell us about your experience in the Blues parade. (laughs) That was a memorable one, something I'll never forget. Uh, If you guys remember, it was kind of dreary. Was it going to be hot? Was it going to be rainy? Was it going to be steamy? What what do you wear? And so I'm thinking shorts. Do I go jeans? And uh, I ended up going with the jeans just in case it poured. I was going to be covered. So anyway, I get down on the uh, Jake. Allen's float he had a uh, the fire truck and so I jump on the back of that and you're on off all day long and uh, you got to get out to the crowd and interview some people and so there was one time where the fire truck started to take off and I was behind it about 20 feet and I start to jog for the truck and I kind of lift my foot up and lunge to jump on the back of it and split my pants <laughs> Just the right out so the rest of the parade, I was uh, I was trying to cover up the midsection there because the uh, the pants were ripped. But but you guys are right. I mean, just everything that happened that day. I was going to go back to uh, the night that they won the Stanley Cup in Boston. Uh, I remember I set it up with Scotty Bowman to give him a call the second the Blues won. I actually did it before Game Six, and then when they lost, obviously no reason to call him. But as the Blues are counting down ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five. I'm dialing up Scotty Bowman to ask him, the guy who was right there from day one what it was like to watch the Blues win the Stanley Cup. And uh, he was great. He was phenomenal. Uh, the only thing is, Randy, as you guys know, Scotty likes to talk. So after about, <laughs> about five, five or six minutes of listening to Scotty, okay, Scotty, I had to get down to the locker room. <laughs> and, uh, and, and then so you're racing down to get to the locker room. And, and uh, you guys are familiar with how they set these things up. They just bring the players out three, four at a time. And I'll never forget this. You guys just talked to him, Oscar Sunquist. They bring Sonny out, and there's so much media that it's impossible to get a guy by yourself. But because they just brought Sonny out, I, I walked up to him, and it was just he and I, and I started talking to him about the game. And he said, oh, yeah, boom, boom, Gunnarsson did it. It's because he went in the bathroom, and he told <laughs> Chief they were, they were taking a piss, he says. And, and I go, do, do what? Like, what? can you tell me? What, what are you talking about? They were in the bathroom together, and that story just blew up after that. It was It was phenomenal. So, so many good memories from that night. I remember, JR. That was a great story because it was just another story to add to all the little things that kind of aligned perfectly for the Blues to win that Stanley Cup championship. Going back to the parade, though, just seeing all the fans and the way that the Blues interacted with those fans, and we were talking about it wasn't necessarily meant to be that way. The vehicles were kind of stalled, and then the players kind of got restless and then got out of the vehicles and started interacting with the fans. Was there anything that you noticed or saw from that that just stood out to you? Yeah, you're 100% right. So I mentioned that I was on the back of Jake Allen's fire truck, and there were several times during the parade, like you said, where it got stalled, and Jake's up in the in the fire department uh, truck area with, with uh, his kids and his family and his wife, and he's trying to get up, get down, and get off this thing a few times to go out 
and mingle with the fans. And I'll never forget this. At one point, he had had a few beers, and he's holding his daughter, and all of a sudden he just hands her to me. And now I've got my notebook, <laughs> my recorder. I'm holding Jake Allen's daughter. And Jake Allen, he, he walks over to the crowd at the curb, right? And he doesn't have a beverage. He doesn't have a drink. And some guy flips one to him. He pops it open. They start hugging. He starts chugging it. They're taking pictures. They were literally drinking the fans' beer. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds awesome. JR, I wanted to ask you, you what is the most interesting thing you've seen happen with the Stanley Cup? Because there are some some stories out there, and and I know each guy gets to have it for a day. What are some of the most interesting things you've heard of or have seen? Yeah, there's a million stories, uh, you know, that, that you've heard in person. Uh, I got to pick one player to go to his hometown and kind of follow the, the cup all day with him. And, and I chose Ryan O'Reilly. And so I went up to Seaforth, Ontario, and uh, it was just amazing. And the, the one thing that just sticks out, I mean, they had it at the, uh, you know, the, the parade, obviously going down Main Street, which, by the way, is about <laughs> 15 stores. And, and that's all the town is there in Seaforth, Ontario. But I'll never forget uh, at that place there was a guy who was running down main street and he was yelling at Ryan O'Reilly who was up in this you know big truck and, and you know, he could barely hear him, but he's yelling, Ryan, Ryan. And, and uh, Ryan's showing him the truck, uh, the cup and the guy's all excited. And later on, I talked to Ryan O'Reilly and I said, you don't happen to recall that guy that was basically chasing your truck down, yelling uh, at you with the Stanley cup. And he goes, Oh yeah, that was Brian. I played with him in junior, and <laughs> that's how that's how small the town is that the guy actually in the parade uh, cheering for Ryan O'Reilly played together with him. That's fantastic. What great memories we have of that. Meanwhile, the Blues made an announcement yesterday. They've hired coaches to replace those that were deposed after the season, Mike Weber and Michael Babcock. What have you learned about them? I know you've got a piece coming out at the Athletic about them. Yeah, piece coming out later today, Randy. And uh, I spent last night, I talked to a coach, uh, Seth Appert. He's the Rochester AHL coach. Uh, he's the guy who hired Mike Weber to be his defensive coach uh, in Rochester three years ago. He raves about him. He said that uh, the initial interview, uh, it was supposed to be a half-hour phone call. He said it went an hour. We're talking three years ago. And he said as soon as he hung up with him, he said that uh, this is the guy I'm going to hire. And I asked him why. And he said conviction. He dripped passion. Sometimes in practice, he'll get out in the drills himself and, uh, and, and mess with the forwards. He said that if you're a defenseman on the Blues team, you're going to know that this guy is in it with you. You're, he's in the battle with you, and he's going to do everything he can uh, to make sure that uh, you're going to be a good player for him. And, and he said that's the type of guy he is, run through a wall for him. So, you know, you, we talked a little X's and O's. I asked him about the system up there in Rochester. You know, he said that it obviously is symptom, uh, system-based. you got to have some structure, but he said it's also – habit-based and, and pressure in the puck and, and just sacrificing yourself, being involved in the play, something we didn't see with the Blues last year and, and their defense. So he thinks he's going to be nothing but successful here with the St. Louis Blues, and he's looking forward, uh, Coach Appert was, uh, to see his buddy Mike Weber get the job here. And just for clarification, these are Craig Berube's picks. These are his picks of specifically who he wanted. You see the ages of them, too, at 28 and 35. Those are very young coaches. Is that to kind of help connect with these younger players? Yeah, I think so. Uh, That's the first thing that I noticed. And I kind of expected that based on what we'd heard from Doug Armstrong talking about uh, relating to the players. And then uh, we have to point out uh, that Mike Weber, the defensive coach, very, very, very close friends with Steve Ott. So I think that the the fit with the coaching staff mattered too. Craig Berube mentioned that yesterday, that he thinks that's going to be a good thing. Those two having such chemistry together, uh, Steve Ott and, and Mike Weber. But yeah, you're looking at a situation 
Brook where uh, you have Mike Weber, 35 years old, and the guys he's going to be coaching. Yeah, there are a lot of young players on this team when you talk about Perinovich and, and Tyler Tucker, those guys, but there are also guys that are just a few years younger uh, than Mike Weber when you look at the Justin Fox and Tory Krugs and those guys. So it's going to be interesting to see how that works out, but it's not just in St. Louis. It seems like around the league, uh, it seems like uh, teams are looking for coaches that are younger and can relate better. JR, as you heard, we just had Oscar Sunquist on us on with us. Any chance that he's in a Blues uniform again? I think there's a chance. I, I really do. I think that uh, they could use a veteran guy in that bottom six. I think we know what he brings to the table. And, oh, my gosh, if I've learned anything about Doug Armstrong in the last 12-plus years is that uh, he loves guys that he's had before. You know, he's got faith in them and, and really believes in them. And, and oh, by the way, uh, that brings up uh, another story going back to the Stanley Cup because when you have Oscar Sundquist on, I can never forget this story, is that uh, if you can imagine all the players are celebrating in the locker room, you know, they're drinking out of the cup, they're whooping and hollering, and then at some point they have to go back and, and change into their other clothes and get ready for the flight. And I wrote a story about Stanley Cup memories, what happened that night behind the scenes, and Sunquist's story was that as he's changing, he gets a tap on the back. He said it, it absolutely startled him. He didn't know who it was. Now, remember, Pittsburgh gave up on Oscar Sunquist. They traded him to St. Louis. He thought he was going to stay in Pittsburgh. That's what they told him at the exit meeting. Well, now he goes to St. Louis. He wins the Stanley Cup with the Blues, and that night, Doug Armstrong is the guy who taps him on the back. Sunquist turns around, and they look at each other, and Doug Armstrong says, F Pittsburgh, huh, Sonny? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Uh, JR, always great to hear your memories and your great insight, and we'll be watching for that piece on the Blues' new assistant coaches this afternoon at The Athletic. Yep, anytime. Thanks a lot. Thank you. That's our Blues insider from The Athletic, Jeremy Rutherford. Congratulations on he and his bride's 20-year anniversary.